Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome to the Kinda Funny X-Cast. Of course, I am Tim Geddes. I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing Adeoye Jr. Good afternoon, Tim. The Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Hello, Timothy. And the normal host of this show, when it's not a special event, Snowbike Mike. Hey, Tim Geddes. Thanks for hosting today. Uh, of course, I'm missing my two gaming dads, but we might hear from some of them. We'll we see. might. We might. I have my yeah. friends today, and that's all that matters. That is what today. matters. We just reacted to the Xbox business update for 2024. You could watch our reaction over on YouTube if you want to see them. Uh, we reacted to the Xbox podcast, the first of its kind. First time we've ever reacted to a podcast. Uh, and now we're going to give you all of our thoughts about it. Of course, this is the Xcast region every week. Mike gets together with his gaming dads to talk about Xbox, everything going on over there. If you like what we do, please support us with the kind of funny membership that you can get on YouTube or Patreon. Shout out to our Patreon producers, Carl Jacobs, Streaky Ain't Easy, and Delaney Twining. They get the show ad-free, which is fantastic. And everybody wants that everyone else you're gonna get an ad for Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth and Factor but you'll hear about all that stuff later we got to get into it Tim, we've been discussing this endlessly can I, for the last couple can I interrupt weeks. you because I had to bring, I had to bring this up please do right before the show started before you sat down I heard Mike confront Andy about how Andy didn't ask him out on Valentine's Day yeah <laughs> and pretty I messed up. my best friend didn't happened. ask me out to dinner on Valentine's Day I would have taken you out I mean, we still played Call of Duty. Like what, I we, know it was a really good night. <laughs> it was a really good night. It was I really love is this night. the interaction that I had to share with the world? Because like it's been si like it's been sitting in my brain since just two best friends. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> Wild behavior. <laughs> I love that the narrative of this was Mike is mad that Andy didn't ask him, and Mike said I would have taken you out. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know what, Mike? Let's let's stay oh, on the topic God. of you, but let's change the topic of conversation back to Xbox. Wow, what do what, you think of what we just saw? Uh, what a podcast, Tim. Business as usual, right? We talked about this during the live reactions, and I think the Xbox community as a whole has had a wild ride the past two weeks. I think if you asked me last week, it would have been, uh-oh, doom and gloom. All of our favorite games are going third party. Then at the end of last week into this week, it kind of settled in. And we were like, you know what? I don't think it's that bad. I think it's going to be business as usual and that is exactly what i got from this if anyone thinks differently i'm blown away it's just four games going multi-platform which is not a huge deal to me it says this is business as usual exclusives are still king even if phil says hey 10 to 15 years down the road it might be different and they're a smaller market right now exclusives are king and that means we are not giving up gears we're not giving up indie we can't give up halo we need a selling factor for this. And the Xbox fans should be feeling assured that their purchases, they are respected in this ecosystem. And the box and the future box, if you're part of the ecosystem, wherever, is all good and fine right now. And I have to give props to this team because I think a lot of us in the gaming world like to tease Xbox about where they've been, who have they been. But right now, this is the best Xbox. And we are only getting better in the Xbox world, right? They had a tough xbox one generation and phil and the team have tried to right the ship and it is a big ship to try to turn and fix right and so we came up with a vision we started to turn the boat we started heading towards a new path and that is exactly where they are going right now putting the player first meeting them at where they want to be helping out creators and their needs and making the best gaming ecosystem and platform possible and step one of that is not to put all of your games on another competing platform because there's too many reasons for your consumers to then jump ship. And so right now, he assured us all, you are on the right path. If you believe in Xbox, if you like the games, if you like the ecosystem, this is where you should be. And I feel good about that. I have no problem with four games going, especially when it's not Starfield and not the Indiana Jones. And it doesn't seem like it's Gears. It doesn't seem like it's Halo. 
All is good. Why are these questions still a thing, though? I told you they would be. There's no way. Yeah, we knew they were going to be vague. That's crazy we that knew they he didn't vague, come out sure. and tell us four games, two that are community-driven, two that are possibly a like year or, or older. Again, you could have said that. You could have said that. I, I mentioned it felt like we were playing an episode of Game Showdown where Blessing's asking us trivia and giving us clues and clues. And in this game, you may play on the high seas as a pirate. Like, oh, yeah. it's probably see it. This there. one is <laughs> like rhythm action it, it, was, it was just an odd little presentation. I, I don't understand the reasoning. I don't. Uh, I, it's either you say there are four games and that's it. What what I don't get the the slow leaking of clues here and there. I think it's like they want to put the put it in the hands of their developers to announce, as opposed to like Xbox being the one to be like, our hands are forced, so we're gonna announce that your games are coming to PlayStation, whatever. I think maybe they want the studios to be more in charge of when that announcement happens, or maybe like maybe there's a direct happening, and like maybe that's when you're gonna announce a Hi-Fi Rush thing. Like maybe that's maybe that's it. That, that's exactly where I was going. And if they only said four exclusives, that would that would cause an even bigger shitstorm, Andy. If they could only say like four exclusives, but they can't say what, then people are freaking out. Is it Halo? Is it Gears? Is it Blade? Is it Indie? You know? Um, oh I, no, I, feel like I, I don't care about that. I'm just like. Just to say, say them. I'm going to just say I think it's because them. they are in agreements probably with other companies on when to announce these things, like a possible Nintendo, Nintendo Direct, Direct yep. uh, partnership thing, where they already have an agreement on when Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment are being announced. And because they're already in an agreement, they probably decided, well, let's just not mention like what exactly I still think are. it's it's awkward for the fact that we already know they're what they're doing. They're working thing. Like, yeah. That's like, we, we know what these games are, right? Like when they're talking about community-based things, they're probably talking about CFTs and Grounded, right? When they're talking about the smaller games, they're probably talking about Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment. Like these have been the reports. The I so I, I'll give my impression. Go for right? it. Like I really enjoyed this thing. I think them doing it as a podcast, getting what we just got, the twenty minutes solid, like a good amount of time. Thank God it wasn't forty minutes. Thank God it wasn't an hour. I think they were concise with it. The order of operations of like how they tackled things and what they chose to tackle, I thought was pretty good. Right? Like, hey, let's talk about. Let's first of all move up this store. Uh, this news about the exclusives thing, right? Because that's what the internet is on fire about and that's what people, people want us to address. Let's talk about that and then let's talk about some of the strategy here. One of the things that we talked about on KFGD is like, you know, I think the way that this stuff has been leaking kind of allows you to almost treat this like an FAQ of, we know what people are mad about, we know what people are commenting about, let's tackle those things directly and so having a section here about how Hardware is a critical component because that's been so much of a big part of what um, why Twitter and stuff has been on fire. Oh, they're gonna stop making Xboxes. Oh, like there's no reason to sell the console. Them reiterating that hardware is uh, is a critical component, but not necessarily gonna be for everybody. Not everybody in the world is gonna buy an Xbox. I think going into that was really good. Um, you know, them breaking down why or what the scenarios are of why uh, what games are gonna go multi-platform. Also very good. This comes back to what, what um, I've been saying on KBG in terms of you can track any decision back to what is going to make money. And Phil Spencer coming out and saying, hey, some games have reached their potential on Xbox. And I think there he is very specifically talking about games like Hi-Fi Rush, games like Pentiment, sometimes, or games like CFDs or Grounded, right? Like these things have reached their potential. We can make way more money if we drop these things on PlayStation, right? And I think, and he didn't say this, but this is me adding words to it. That then opens up the potential of when Hi-Fi Rush 2 comes out. Guess what? You have a bigger fan base for it. People are going to come over, play those games on Xbox Game Pass, Grounded 2, whenever that comes through, or Sea of Thieves 2, or, or whatever the sequels to these things may be. You're building these fan bases for people to then come over and play these games on your Xbox. I thought all that stuff was good. I also think, like, I, I you know, whenever Phil comes out and speaks or gives statements, I feel like it's always a reminder of, man, that guy is good at talking. Because listening to him on the podcast, even though he is this... CEO, lead of a big corporation or a big section of this corporation, he still finds his way to be transparent and feel like he is speaking directly. Obviously, there's fluff there. Obviously, there's things where it's like, well, this is PR speak marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Their Xbox is going to be that. But I think a lot of the things he said and a lot of the ways uh, that him and the team touched upon certain topics did do justice to like, no, we're going to be as open as we possibly can as a corporation about these things. So I thought this is a really good way to address it. I'm right there with you, Bless, where I feel like this is kind of the best case scenario for how to deal with the situation, which was information that they weren't ready to talk about leaked, and they had to control something. They had to make a statement. I think this is the most powerful statement they could have possibly made with the information they're ready to put out now. This was not the plan, which unfortunately means it does kind of feel a little limp to Andy's point of just like, oh, man, it sucks that like we're not getting the answers here. 
but they weren't ready to give the answers. They, their hands were kind of forced, I think, for a forced hand. I'm very impressed with the way that they were able to get this together, be transparent, address all the issues, address the talking points, and give all of us, the pundits out there, talking points to discuss and like things to be able to kind of like read the tea leaves a little bit better with actual information from the horse's mouth. And I feel like the information was well said, um, was as clear as they're able to be right now. Um, and yeah, again, didn't waste our time, addressed more than I expected them to. And does a lot of it come off as just kind of like the PR, that's what they want you to think thing. Yeah, it's marketing. And I think that this was actually really solid marketing to solve the problem that they are in. There's no way you can get around it, whether or not you agree with it being a, like, should if it should be a problem or not. The last week was a shit show. The last week must've sucked for all of them. It sucked for a lot of us. It sucked for a lot of just people having to deal with this stuff. But I think that they did a great job of being like, guys, there's no fire. There's no fire right now. So we can calm down. And I think with that, I think that's the biggest goal that they had. And I think that they achieved that easily. Now, do I buy a lot of what's being said? I don't know. I think it's really interesting. A lot of that felt like the, the word salad of going in circles of like, okay, what's actually being said here? And that's not even a, a criticism on them. They are just like, yo, we've been saying this shit for years. And they've been, we look at Ori, we look at um, Minecraft, we look at Cuphead, all different stories, but similar to what they're building yeah. towards here, right? Um, I do think it's interesting for them to specifically say Indiana Jones and that it's not going to be multi-platform. Bit surprising based on all of us kind of assuming that this conversation was going to be a little bit bigger if they were going to name yeah. games or going well, to name a number it's, like, it's it was it's the way that people blow up news stories right of like there's a difference between people are going hey these are the games these are the first games that are going to come out for this thing right and then re regards to pentamin and hi-fi rush versus a lot of the news stories being xbox is considering this considering is the word and i 1000 yeah. believe that they were considering putting indiana oh, jones in every business war. has considered something yeah right every business has looked at the different options and considered something right whether it be acquisitions putting our games me and Andy, we're talking, yeah, of course I'm going to consider Halo. What is the benefit of that? And that's where we jump too far is right, Bless. Yeah. And so now let me let me jump on on this too with a, a bit more of a, a point that I want to then loop Andy back in. Unless, do you have more overall thoughts you want to get to? Um, no, I'm sure we'll get to them Yeah, once we get there. I do think that, you know, listening to what is said, a lot of this stuff is kind of expected. A lot of this is what Xbox has been doing. I love their tripling down on their progression and like their commitment to like we're not giving up on you xbox fans like your saves are there the, the backwards compatibility enhancing old games like all that stuff that they have they've done like it's not just promises like it's a promise that they made and kept uh for a decade at this point and like good on them making the games industry better all of that they're doing it we're still waiting to see the games and the cadence and all that stuff which again i think we're finally going to start to see Say it, Tim. the dominoes are going to start. Say it, Tim. I think the dominoes are going to start. It's coming, to fall, Tim. Right? The domino will it's fall. The Bart Simpson but, meme. Say the, say the word. Say the but, thing. but I got to say, it's like looking at this, uh, it, this is marketing talk for right now. And I get it. I think these are the right things to say right now. And did I expect them to come in and completely change the, the industry? I thought that there was a chance. I would have never <laughs> thought it, but I thought there was a chance, but I will say even like dabbling with the four, it almost feels weird to me about like everything that they said. Nothing that they said today makes me think that the best strategy is not to put Halo on everything and not to put Gears on everything. And them even going into, uh, we're leaning into the signals. Double digit growth on PC and cloud. All of that, all of that whole bit, it's like, so the points of like, oh, it reached its max on Xbox. Did Halo not? Did Gears not? Like, what is the difference? And that's the thing that to me, was the one clear message I didn't hear about in that. And I, I don't know if they're going to want to talk about it because they don't want to. Like, they have I think, that, that, I think that is, in a way, a bigger conversation. And, like, I think if you were to ask me what my opinion slash prediction is on it, I think my opinion is that, yeah, like, I think putting Halo on PlayStation or Gears on PlayStation or Switch or whatever is only going to be good for it. I think that's only going to be good for the overall audience. I know a lot of people disagree. You're allowed to disagree. I'm not going to fight with you. But, like, I think that's a good thing. And I also predict that eventually it's going to happen. It might not happen in the next year. It might not happen in the next two years. But I think if I'm looking at the five to 10 year span, I think it makes a lot of sense to put Halo or Gears on PlayStation in the same way that it makes sense to put Helldivers on PC, right? In the same way that it makes sense to put any live service. And he, they said this part a lot, right? Talk about live service and like uh, 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 multiplayer stuff a lot, right? Like, yeah, like that is going to expand the fan base. You're going to see double digit, digit growth in that way. And that's only going to be healthy for the platform. The, the reason why I kept... Uh, 
kind of blurting out Master, Master Chief Collection or Halo Infinite multiplayer is coming to uh, is going multi-platform. Because Phil said a very specific thing that maybe it's just me not reading it correctly, but he said um, we want to bring other games to other platforms that can make those people fans of Xbox. And like, maybe it's just me not reading it right, but I don't think of see if these is like, oh, that's hardcore Xbox fans are or even grounded. Like to me, that like Halo is what Xbox is. Gears is what Xbox is. So that's why I was assuming that those were the multi-platform games going over. I also was not a huge fan of our industry didn't grow. Had layoffs. You know, it sucks, but our, our industry is not growing. How do we grow it? Sarah Bond goes right next and goes, double-digit growth game pass. We're kicking ass. Numbers are up. It's like, that was one part that I was just like, ugh, kind of eye-rolling. That's, that's the stuff that you, you can't put those statements back-to-back, unfortunately. So that kind of bummed me up. For me, one of those for me kind of goes back to, like, the idea of the preservation aspect of it, right? And, like, talking about respect, they respect uh, the investments people have made into the ecosystem. There was never a definitive anything. There. Yeah, which is, like, yeah, like, I, there wasn't, I, for me, like, there wasn't enough definitive, like, okay, but... Are like mm, you know we're we're talking about game pass we're talking about a thing that is subscription we're talking about people that uh, one of the reasons that why people in the last couple of weeks have been freaking out and this is like one of the ones where i'm like hey i get you like this i understand is the idea of the lack of ownership right like if i lose my xbox library or like you know the, we're, we're going towards this place where it feels like you have less and less ownership of your games and they talk about backwards compatibility and stuff like that which i think is additive i think out of the three major console manufacturers xbox is doing the best i still have a lot of fear when it comes to like the preservation aspect of video games and like even what they, they said wasn't enough for me in terms of like calling those fears when you're talking about how you're expanding your business into other platforms, right? Like, I feel like that's, there's gotta be more there, like more tangible stuff there in terms of ownership. And that's like a digital library blanket thing. Like that's not just video games, it's movies, that's everything. But that's still one for me where I'm like, all right, cool, I guess, I don't know. See, I, I disagree with that. Cause I feel like, again, they've proven that they, they're doing it. They're investing and like, they've, they've done that and just continue to do it. Like they haven't shown any signs to me that like they're not only, after hearing this, I'm like, wow, y'all believe in that so much. And like, I feel like a lot of the quotes that they had back up their investment in the progression and like the, your account being like the, the value that they have, because yeah. that's the value that they have. I just, I, I'll believe it. Like when we get there, right? I feel like, I, I feel like the door is always open. I feel like it's a thing that's easy to say. I think it's a thing that's easy to go. Hey, like we got backwards battle games and like, you know, you're going to, we're respecting your purchase. We're respecting your library. But when it comes down to it and we get to the place where like, business for them is like oh man well what if we can like sell these games to them again or something like that like i still we'll see when we get there i'm just not all the way on the belief of i'm trusting a corporation with my own purchases i totally feel it i yeah. just feel like the when we get there that's how i felt 10 years ago and here we are 10 years later and it's like, oh they're doing it and they're they're now reiterating they're like yeah we're gonna continue to do that so yeah, yeah. big piece of the big piece of it is Cross-play, cross-progression, right? That safe carrying over in the ecosystem that we all share. There's going to be a lot of hoops and hurdles when we talk about putting games on other platforms. And now me as the Xbox consumer, if I buy that game on PlayStation, well, this whole time I've expected my save to be over there. I've expected all of this to come over. What happens now, right? And I'm sure that team's got to work out through all of this. Just like Phil said in that quote that was just brought up, right? We're going to learn from these four games and we'll see what happens in the future. There's a lot of things that need to be tested to make sure the consumer is happy as well. So here's the thing, like now with that as the kind of thesis statement of this entire uh, presentation four games we're gonna see where it goes from there is there any world that that doesn't do well and then turn into every game right and i feel like that's the the silly thing here is like they're almost already getting ahead of it of being like we know the strategy works and so it's like if the strategy works then why aren't we implementing the strategy everywhere and is the answer that they don't want to make that big of a jump so soon but like well well are they concerned that that type of commitment will dramatically decrease their hardware sales to a point that they're like it's not worth the hit we take yeah. there playing the long game i think it's the balance right yeah. like i think if they make the full jump there is the fear of both like all right we don't want our hardware sales to all the way tank and then also we want to make sure that our fan base feels like the value is there in terms of the, the exclusive games that they're getting on the xbox platform right and so if we start to put these if you start to put Starfield, Indiana Jones, like right away, then it might just be pro a problem for the fan base, as we've seen in the last week and a half with people like not liking the rumors, right? And like really being upset about a, a, a lot of the news. I think a lot of the, the core Xbox fan base still cares a lot about those exclusives. And that might be a scary proposition to go, let's make the full jump. I do think it might be a gradual jump, right? Like I think being it's a slow tease here and there. Slow, yeah, yeah, I think being able to go, hey, 
smaller games that have already been on an Xbox or like, you know, stuff that value, like stuff that, you know, can be propped up by like having a bigger player base. That stuff makes sense. Right, guys? And everybody goes, yeah, like that. May, I don't I, I'm sure a few people disagree, but like I'm, I think most people look at like Sea of Thieves jumping. Reasonable go, people. <laughs> yeah. Reasonable people look at Sea of Thieves jumping to PlayStation or Switch and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Right, you do the yeah. same thing for grounded. You do the same thing for Pentiment Hi-Fi Rush. I think when we start talking about gears and stuff, even sensible people, because like, yeah, I'll, I'll say even sensible people out there could be like, "Ooh, man, that seems like a lot." Right? Like, why yeah. do I need my Xbox now? Yeah, it has to be a slow drip feed, Tim. This has to be the slow roll of the snowball being built. Then we slowly push it down the hill, and the domino you, knocks into the snowball. <laughs> if you rip this bandaid off, yeah, then I look at you and go, "Well, what's the point of buying this? Why am I invested in your ecosystem?" When I can go over there, sure, I might be buying the titles at $70 a pop, but I'm only going to pick and choose. It's not like Xbox has had the biggest and baddest games of all time ever. We tease Xbox for not having those games. And so if you looked at it as a consumer side, like, well, I'm going to go over to PlayStation and I'll pick and choose when you put out those games that I want for X amount of dollars. But if you did that right now, it'd be totally different. They have to slowly drip this out if that's what they really, the end vision is. Yeah, and with, with crossplay, that... That makes the jump so much more easier now. Like, you know, several years ago when that was not really an option, you're saying you're looking at your your friends base and where all of your friends are at and where all the multiplayer uh, lobbies that you're usually in are only on Xbox. Now it just kind of doesn't matter. You can just go wherever and play those games. So that does kind of throw a wrench into things where it's like you're not keeping you're you're maybe keeping an Xbox fan loyal because they love the ui and they love the hardware and they love the controller but there's less and less things that are going to keep them there if these big titles still keep on getting released on playstation we see spider-man comes out and it's a big awesome exclusive and then the next naughty dog whatever the hell it is you're you're giving them less and less reasons to stay with you if you do you know eventually just kind of open it all up to everybody you gave me the reasons to stay because you bought bethesda and Zenimax. you bought abk those are the reasons why at the end of the xbox one era into now you made me say okay i believe in you like you're gonna bring me the games you gotta do this, this is why i'm staying your money where your mouth and is. sure i put my game library with you on the xbox one but like uh, people will make the change as much as we talk about holding on to the game library if the games aren't there if the services isn't right we will make the change and we will leave you. The consumer will eventually go. But at the end of this, they said, you know, hey, we bought these two studios for a reason or these two publishers. I believe in you. Like, let's go get the domino to fall. But that can only last so many times before eventually we do have to go. The jump off point here was every decision long term is every decision we make is the keeping the long term health of Xbox in mind. And that should Duh. be an obvious thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I do think that that is a statement to people like me even saying what I'm saying of like, Tim, we fucking thought about that, duh. Like, we, I understand what you're saying and whatever, but like, there are more things at play and more, like, there's emotions at play uh, with consumers and they need to care about that because they're trying to sell them a product. So I totally, I do understand uh, the choice, but I, I do think that at a certain point, there is the doubling down on what is actually working and where the money is and what is the actual long-term health. Like, what are you saying versus like, what do you actually think, you know? And like reading through the marketing bullshit more to like the, okay, but like, where's the actual money coming from and when is it going to come? And I, I don't know. I think that it's going to be endlessly frustrating to have to have this conversation about every single game content. Like, I don't think that that, this didn't solve that at all. Not at all. And, uh, like still, you know, we're going to be talking about blade for the next freaking Yes, we will. Years, and it's going to be like, oh, you know, like, is it going to be exclusive? But is it not? The like positive is they did hold firm on a big IP, which is Indiana Jones. I am surprised about that, right? Like, we talk about Disney. We talk about Marvel. Mm -hmm. We talk about working with others on their IPs and how important that IP is and how that should probably be sold everywhere because it's got that kind of name to it. For them to hold strong on Indiana Jones, even though, you know, I know Barrett will get at me right now. India's never been as big as it once was, right? And I still hold firm to that. I think Blade's much bigger than India at the end of the day, but they're holding it, right? I don't know about no way. Dude, no way. Indy doesn't have the big name like it used to. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't I know if Blade has the big name like it used to. No, no, I was talking about you. You make me say Indy, Barrett. I feel like Blade and Indy are in similar camps of like, they're hot back in the day and like the, the they're trying to make them hot right now right but like indie the peak of indie is higher than the peak of blade but i think i think just marvel as a marvel. property yeah sells more than harrison ford on a game cover tim what do you think about this i mean i i agree with this i i'm firmly on the the stance that indiana jones is uh is a bigger deal Wait. than wolfenstein that's been my argument okay so we all so all of us here think blade is going to sell more than indie yeah yeah i think so way bigger 
All right, cool. If I was Disney, I would be looking at Xbox going, Blade is so big that it should be on every console. I don't Figure know. it out. Put it there now. I might put my money on indie. Selling more than Blade. Because Blade just hasn't been active in a while, like on the mainstream level. Yeah, but it's Marvel and it's Arcane. You put them together. I guess. I don't Eventually, know. Eventually, this Mahershala Ali movie will get made. That's true. <laughs> one, yeah, once that movie comes out. Yeah. I but guess if that times out well. Back to it. It is a big moment here to have them say, no, Indy's staying. That is a big deal, especially with other corporations. It involved. is. That is, that is a, a very interesting deal. statement. Now, I will say we have a very special guest joining us right now. One of Snowbuck Mike's gaming dads, Paris Lilly. Uh, will be joining us in just a second. He doesn't have too much time, so I want to give him the platform to be able to to talk whenever we're ready for that, Barrett. We're ready. Paris, okay. you here? Yeah, can you hear me okay? Hey, Paris. Yes, yeah. And how you doing, Paris? Oh, no, I'm, I'm doing great. I've been listening to the entire conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm here in Vegas at, at Dice and probably the quietest place I could find. But um, I here, here are a couple things. First and foremost, thank me for the digital preservation question, because that was my question. I had a really good source last night told me that they took that question, so I knew about that. But overall, you, watching this, it was good. This could have been an Xbox Wire post, in my personal yeah. opinion. But I think they felt the urgency from the community and people taking these rumors and going out of control that let's hear it directly from the leadership team. You see them on camera telling you what this is to kind of calm people down. So even just kind of going into the conversation that, that you've all been having so far, I felt they did give us a criteria for exclusive games potentially showing up on another platform in the sense that they were saying these, they're not talking day and date with anything. They were talking of games that have been out a year plus that eventually would come. Obviously, you know, it, we can figure out what the four games are going to be initially. And, and I get Phil's point about letting those teams announce them versus them doing it, you know, on the, on that stage. So we'll hear about them soon. Pretty sure it's Hi-Fi Rush and Grounded, Pentum and stuff like that. But I think the bigger thing that they addressed was my major concern was, why do I want to still get an Xbox? They committed to making future generations of Xboxes. They showed us that at a minimum, there's going to be some timed exclusivity with these games moving forward, which if you like the Xbox ecosystem, if you're invested into it, okay, I can still do that. Whether I play it on Xbox hardware, not to mention I've been saying for a while, they want to keep a hand on the wheel as far as hardware goes. And Sarah Bond said it herself, they're treating whatever this next Xbox is going to be as a huge technical leap. All right, let's see what that's going to be. And then that's going to force PlayStation to obviously try and match them, which is good for us, you know, the consumer. Clearly, they're still committed to Game Pass. I mean, they weren't specific that Activision games are day and date, but they obviously announced that Diablo 4 is coming. They were, this right? Tells me, they did. I thought did they, they were. Say, they did. did they say day and date? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I, I mean, as far as like the Activision games, because there was a lot of people saying, oh, is Call of Duty going to be day and date? It sounds like it is, but they weren't 100% clear that, yes, Call of Duty, the next Call of Duty, will be day and date on Game Pass. But I'd put it 75% yes, I would say say that. But I But there's still a little bit of wiggle room on that. But the overall point I'm making is their ecosystem is pretty much staying the same. I think that the difference is now they've decided, hey, we are going to strategically look at some of our internal games that make sense to go to other other platforms. The first X-Cast we did of the year, this is exactly what I said. I mean, people were freaking out even then, but ultimately, if the first place that you can play these games, and I think Blessing even talked about this with Hi-Fi Rush, if the next Hi-Fi Rush, you played Hi-Fi Rush on Switch, loved it, but Hi-Fi Rush 2, you have to go play it on Xbox, at least for the first year. Maybe that's an opportunity for someone to go, you know what, maybe I should invest in the Xbox ecosystem. Maybe I should subscribe to Game Pass, whether they buy the hardware or not, because you can play it on PC, you can play it cloud streaming, things like that. So they're setting themselves up for the message that they have literally been telling us the past four years. We want you to play wherever you feel comfortable playing, and we're going to try and put these games in as many places as we possibly can to, to reach you versus forcing you to buy our hardware. So overall, I, I think the rumors just simply got out of control. I think if the rumors didn't happen and they naturally announced this later in the month or in March, we would have just been like, eh, okay, not a big deal. But the fact that they were on record that games like Indiana Jones and Starfield are not going multi-platform, 
that should put some minds at ease as far as that goes from exclusivity window, as far as hardware, hardware concerns were, were, were that were being stated. And then, like I said, with the digital preservation, clearly there's never going to be a hundred percent guarantee that your digital games are always going to follow you, but at least they're committing to it as we go into the next generation of games. So those were kind of my three pillars of concerns that I was hoping they would address in this. And I, I felt they did a pretty good job about as good of a job as you could possibly do in, in this type of situation, in my personal opinion. There you go. Oh. Thank you so much for joining us, Paris. Enjoy dice. Good luck out there. Have some fun. Yeah. Oh, oh, one last thing. One last thing. So I did run into Todd Howard and Greg before uh, the, the uh, podcast came on. Todd Howard was like, do you want me to call in too? And there was like, yes, please do it. And he goes, wait, I like my job. I don't think that would be a good idea. Oh, but Todd, <laughs> Todd Howard, Damn. hey, Todd Howard loves kind of funny. He loves everything that we do. And awesome. uh, he's a big fan. Very, very cool. Well, Give me Louie. Have a great time out there, Paris. Thank you for joining us. Um, real quick, we're going to take a word from our sponsors. Then when we get back, we're going to keep talking about all this. We are brought to you by Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is a standalone game that welcomes fans and newcomers alike. You don't need to have played Final Fantasy VII Remake or any other Final Fantasy titles to play and enjoy Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The combat is not traditional turn-based and has more action-focused gameplay, with even deeper improvements since Remake with new synergy attacks and team-based combos. And there are large open sections to explore with Cloud and his comrades venturing across the planet, their fates unwritten, making every step in the expansive world outside Midgar fresh and mysterious. And of course, there are dozens of mini games. There's a story recap video of Final Fantasy VII Remake for those interested in learning more about the story so far, and those looking to experience Final Fantasy VII Remake fully can pre-order the Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth Twin Pack, which includes the game plus the DLC episode Intermission at no extra cost. You can download and play a demo of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth right now on the PlayStation Store, and you can pre-order the game in the link in the description. The wait is almost over. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is out February 29th. Get hyped. This episode is brought to you by Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and more. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals allow you to fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Factor's less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week, plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash kindoffunny50 and use code kindoffunny50 to get 50% off. That's code kindoffunny50 at factormeals.com slash kindoffunny50 to get 50% off. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. A couple things I want to touch on here. Some okay. announcements that any other day would be a headline, a discussion on Games Daily. We got confirmation of a June showcase from them. Not rocket Obviously, science, yeah. but like, hey, it's here. Um, then we got the confirmation that they are going to have a next generation of hardware. Yeah. Uh, the real commitment to hardware. There will be a next Xbox. Not necessarily the biggest surprise, but we now know. So we still believe true. in generations. Sounds like it. Can I give you the quote from Sarah Bond? Mm -hmm. Quote, we're really focused on their, uh, on delivering the largest technical leap you will ever see in a hardware generation. 
We have some exciting stuff coming out in hardware that we're going to share this holiday. And so then there, that's a separate thing, too, there, right? The This holiday, new hardware. Let's start there, Mike. What do you think it is? Uh, probably the mid-generation update, as we've seen. I don't know if we're going to go full swing into something different, but new hardware is always positive. There's been rumors of the handheld. I think we're going to leave rumors to rest and focus on a next, you know, mid-generation bump here. What does that look like? I don't know. It's cylindrical, but we Mike. do know that we saw some of that in the, of course, FTC court case. We saw a new controller as well, I think would benefit them big time. But there is a look of, you know, what is the next box? What is inside the next box? He brought up AMD and what's going on over there. So you never know what could be the text inside. Did we ever, we never got the like Amazon fire stick uh, thing that was rumored for the longest time. No, they put that on hold. Okay. Okay. The man, I mean, her kind of talking about this gigantic leap in technology. I don't know if I really look at that side by side with like a mid gener. I mean, unless she's just talking about the largest leap about- in terms of a mid. I think she's talking about the one that we get like three, four years. Uh, yeah, from that's now. what I took that as is the next. Yeah. One. Oh, I think it's yeah. two a separate things. Yeah, this holiday that we're getting some sucks. hardware, <laughs> and then there's also going to be some some big things. That with- sucks. I thought this holiday we were getting like you know the equivalent of a you know. Two thousand dollar PC or something like that. Okay, that's that. That kind of bums me but, out. But, but potentially it is because here's the thing. I mean, Bless and I have been talking about this a lot on Games Daily. Like, clearly Xbox right now. Like, do we believe in generations? Or whatever. Like all that stuff. Yeah. Like all the jokes and memes aside, it's like I I don't necessarily believe that there's going to be a next Xbox that like they already even kind of tried it right with Xbox one going to the series, but like it wasn't as clean of a transition, but I think that they are building the Xbox game pass ecosystem. They're building what they're trying to do. I feel like everything is just getting more and more PC where more and more just kind of like it's a iterative systems. Um, and because of that, I wouldn't be surprised if, we get a, a handheld that is like a less powerful, but can still run stuff, but an Xbox series Z, something like even more powerful than the X that is still not so much being looked at as like what a PS4 pro was, but more just looked at as like, yeah, like this is kind of the future of how we're going to do these things. That was going to be my question. Does the series continue? <laughs> I think so. I think, or do they go with a brand new, I did they call I it like they go, they go something brand chapter new. B? Or yeah, Xbox, yeah, Xbox chapter one. <laughs> like, cause I just don't understand the naming convention. You know, we always got confused I, and all the memes were made of like one S one X series S series X. Is there a new moniker? Is there a new sort of I think of it's a generation. Memes? I think that's the, that's the thing, place where I sort of deviate. Gen X and Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I think they're going to be the, Zoom, the G, Xbox zoomers. <laughs> but like, I, I think just because of the way technology works, right? Like everything has to have a new ground floor. Like I think because the way development works, third parties, like people making games for multiple platforms, there has to be like this ground level of this is the least common denominator. And I think because of that, we always have to jump forward to some extent. And so I think Xbox series was named Xbox series with the idea of, Hey, this could maybe be the naming convention forever. But I think the natural, <laughs> the natural flow of things is to go, all right, well, like, we got to phase out the Series uh, X so we can, like, make the Chapter A, like, the, yeah. the initial thing. So that, that is the ground floor, so we know what we're working with here. Um, that said, though, right, like, when we talk about this mid-gen refresh, I am excited to see what it is, right? Are we going to be talking about um, uh, AI upscaling with, like, you know, what we have with DLSS on PC and NVIDIA? Is, are, is that what we're going to get with the AMD stuff uh, here? Uh, there was the reports that we got late last year with the whole FTC versus Microsoft thing where we had the documents talking about some of the new stuff and like they were talking about you know the new Xbox being good for the environment which is always great but mm. then also the like controller having uh, haptic type stuff right and like almost some dual sense features um, showing up in there and so it seems like Mike, you got a mic yeah we'll put that in there yeah <laughs> it seems like that could be what we get this fall and I think that'd be pretty cool yeah I, I, I think that that's totally right I, I just feel like everything is homogenizing to the point that I think both up and down. And when we just look at the industry as a whole, not even just looking at Xbox, but like something's got to give and something has to change. When you look at the success of a Nintendo and you look at the struggles of a PlayStation, even of just being able to maintain, being able to make games this fucking big and how much money that requires to bring in. Like, I do think that there's going to have to be this place of like, they need, I mean, Sarah even said it in this. I think it was Sarah that like, they're, do they just double down on the amount of people that they're trying to sell games to, or are they trying to sell games to new groups of people? And I think with that, it's this push of tech, like as 
far as it could possibly go is not as valuable as how far can we as a group kind of push tech together so that haptics are just a baseline we expect that everything's going to have that games are made with that or this tech or that tech the ai stuff whatever it is so mm -hmm. that these games can play in as many places as possible that's going to benefit everybody involved and i think that we're hearing that message pretty loud and clear at this point from all of the the big competitors here and add steam to that mix as well add steam uh, uh a storefront that thousands of games are published on that has more direct to consumer ab ability to drop sales and have promotion based around sales to be able to get people um to buy games on these platforms not necessarily needing every single person aligned um, from a Microsoft or a Sony or whatever to decide this is what we're doing. I just think that uh, everyone's learning from each other more than they ever have. And I do think it's going to result in um, generations, meaning less than they ever have still existing by the idea that like the iPhone pro 15, whatever the fuck is a generation beyond the 14, 13, whatever. But really it's an iteration off of the iPhone 10, which was like, the next big jump up. I mean, you know I, I, mean? I, I, I mean, I feel like we already had that, right? Like, I feel like Xbox, um, the last one, <laughs> Xbox One, one to Xbox yeah. Series and PS4 to PS5, like, you know, that jump, I mean, there are obviously very noticeable things with that jump, right? Ray tracing, faster load times with the SSD, right? Like, you know, like, uh, performance and like, you know, having really good fidelity and stuff. But I, when I look at the PlayStation 5 and I look at most of the exclusive games, I'm like, most of these are on PS4 still. And here's the, this is, I think, the, the I'm saying a lot of words and I'm sorry. I'm trying to get to the point that I think I have here, which mm -hmm. is, and Xbox has said this many ways too, it's not about the box. It's about the ecosystem. It's about the library and it's about your account that has these things. The reason PS4 and 5 feel similar is because your PS4 games are playable on the PS5 and it's just there. Xbox has done so good mm -hmm. at just having all this stuff. Even Nintendo, you look at them and now... I guarantee the Switch 2 is going to have the Switch games built in because they built that. We all expect this. Steam kind of pioneered that in a lot of ways doing their own thing, but that is what I expect to see more of. Like, mm -hmm. There's no way that Nintendo, Xbox, or PlayStation, the next systems they come out with, aren't going to be able to play these games. There will have to come a point that it just simply cannot run them when we're talking about super far in the future, or maybe not because games might just change how they're made to make sure that they never hit that point. I'm still yeah. skeptical on Nintendo. <laughs> I, I want Why? Nintendo to... Weird Nintendo decisions, man. They put Bluetooth in that thing like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it was random. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Xbox has also already done it before with this past generation of you can leverage the power of the cloud to play games that would not be normally being able to be played on your Xbox One X that you had before. So... There are things like that, and they're pushing that is right, Tim. I think we will see that. Another one that stood out to me, we saw a Game Pass number, 34 million Game Pass subscribers, right? We don't talk numbers a lot over on the Xbox side of things, but we've had breadcrumbs. We've had other people talk about numbers, but 34 million. And yes, Tim, you nailed it with what Sarah Bond said, right? How do we find more players? That's what this team is going to be asking all the way through for eternity. They got to find that 3 billion players that they've always talked about. And how do you do that? Through cloud, on your phones, on any sort of platform, on your console, on your PC. Billion with a B? Billion with a B. That's wild. That's a lot of players. They're looking for you. It's because so many <laughs> people play They're going to find phone. you. They're going to find <laughs> you. Three billion. That's right. like, it's like three-eighths of the world. <laughs> That's crazy. Try to hide wherever mm -hmm. you can. Um, I Have we really gone over much of like Diablo and all that? I thought that was really cool stuff. I thought Diablo um, saying like, it did sound to me, Tim. I think we were in agreement that Yes, the future of all Activision Blizzard games will be on Game Pass day and date, starting today with Diablo. And I think it'll be a, a slow drip, free, drip feed of games that are already available right now. You'll start to see, you know, I'm sure um, Overwatch will pop up there, Call of Duty, Warzone's already free to play. I guess Overwatch is free to play as well. Um, but we'll start to see those games pop up more and more. And then eventually, when the big bad new release comes out and it's Diablo 5 or it's Starcraft, <laughs> sequel Starcraft. Starcraft. We'll see. Um, I do think those games will be day and date, and that will be a gigantic win for Game Pass owners. Absolutely. Which, at that point, is Xbox. That is yeah. what they are, right? So that's a win for Xbox and their strategy of what they're trying to do. I, uh, again, I really feel like this podcast, the way that it happened, I, again, big fan of this, but I think this was a forced hand. It was. Um, and I feel like if they had just done the things the way they wanted to, I wonder when it would have happened. I wonder what the format would be. And I wonder if that would have included more than just Diablo. Because I, 
I feel like it might not be every single thing under the sun, but I imagine that their strategy is going to be not here's one drop, everything's fucking there. Mm -hmm. But I like take the time to like make events out of this, make a big deal. Hey, y'all, every Call of Duty's here. Here's what that actually means. Here's how they're being enhanced. Here's how we're supporting this or whatever. Here's the plan. Once every week a game's going to be dropped that has xyz whatever like they have an opportunity now to make game pass and the idea of being a multi-month subscriber to it very exciting to people i think there's still so much room for that right i think there's still so much space like obviously them talking about the four games and not being able to actually name the four mm -hmm. games maybe takes a little bit of the excitement out because we're like okay well we know what the four games are so when uh, these games show up in a director wherever they show up right like it's going to be a, okay, cool. Like We know High Fire Rush is coming, but that's still exciting. That said, I think for what this was, I'm fine with it. I it, For me, this was just another episode of the Xbox podcast. And to like I, uh, I to the idea of like this could have been a post on Xbox Wire, it was it was also a post on Xbox Wire, right? Like I, for me, this is just business as usual in terms of, hey, we had these things we want to talk about. You look through like the things and it is them talking about what they always talk about. All right, cool. Like, you know, we're looking at making Xbox, putting Xbox everywhere. We're looking at this. We're looking at like, it's... The talking was you usually get with like those few things addressed in there. And yeah, I looked at the Xbox Wire post and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, this is what you would have posted if it was just an Xbox Wire post. And the podcast is there. I think for us to give us that face to face time with uh, uh, Phil, Sarah, Matt Booty, right? And like, I think for that, it worked, right? Like, I, 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 I go back to what I mentioned at the top of this is I like how they talked about it, right? Again, a lot of fluff, a lot of PR, a lot of marketing, but that's because you're listening to a corporation talk. Like, what else are they going to do? Listening to the Xbox podcast. Really, yeah, you, you're literally listening to the Xbox podcast. That's mm -hmm. what it has to be. That said, I think the way they handle it, with it being that, I, I think still work for what it is. Like, we also didn't have to watch it. We could have just read the Xbox Wire post. We chose to, to watch the podcast. Yeah. But I think they needed to do it. And I, yeah. I actually think that this format was the right format for what they needed to address right now, which is just to, to quell the fears and to make a promise. And their promise is we're dedicating to Xbox. That is loud and clear from what they said here. And like, for the, for the people angry, this was a message to them. And if people are still angry, they're not going to be saved. Like, I feel like this is the, the strategy that they've had in place. So much of the things that were blown, blown out of proportion, again, for good reason. Like, I'm not, like, uh, admitting them of the, the problems here because, like, we're only here because of the decisions made over the last 10 years plus, mm. right? We're only having this conversation because they are in last place and because we are waiting for the dominoes and because they have made a bunch of choices that were like, I don't know about this. I... I'm struggling to find reasons for me personally to be an Xbox fan and that's okay. They don't need to get everybody, but I feel like they're clearly trying to get as many people as possible and for them to have struggled to grab a lot of us, not you, Mike, but a lot of people to be Xbox people. It's like, where, where is that thing? When's that going to happen? And you know, things don't happen overnight. The acquisitions of the different teams and all this, like seeing how it all plays out. We're going to have to wait and see, but there's just so much change happening that it just creates questions and it's like, things don't happen overnight. It's like, well, it's been many nights now. Yep. So at what point? Been a lot of nights. It's been, it's been a lot of nights. So a bunch of perfectly dark nights. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I mean, with the Game Pass stuff, it is exciting seeing the number talking about ABK, right? This is something we've been as Xbox fans waiting for. The deal has finally gone through. We are done now, right? And so it is now time to bring on those legacy titles. We've seen Call of Duty turn the servers on for older Call of Duty games. So it will be sweet on how they do that. The player engagement on that is going to be bananas. We have a lar lot larger list of titles that could come onto that from prior generations. Licensing will be a big factor for that. But like, it is time to start rolling that out to get us excited on why you bought that What's going on with that? Also, another big one that someone in the chat brought up, right? They mentioned Game Pass only available on Xbox. No competing platforms. And Crazy we talked about this man. because the issue is, Tim, is Game Pass is much more than just first-party titles. We, as the Xbox community, get so blessed by the third-party and second-party partnerships that I get like a dragon or whatever those games may be that jump on all of a sudden day one pal world for example and you go oh my god this is incredible right it's on game pass it saved me so much money I don't think PlayStation's looking at you and I going yeah you can do that on our service no they're gonna have to make a brand new game pass of course to go to that but I don't think PlayStation or Nintendo at this time want that either they don't want you on their platform I found that game pass is only on Xbox an interesting thing because I I would connect the two in terms of like, I still, I've, I view Game Pass as Xbox, right? And so are they saying that in the way that like, wherever Game Pass is, that's where Xbox is, because that's how, if I'm in the room, do like in the marketing room going, how do we talk about this thing? That's how I would go up because like, 
correct me if I'm wrong, Game Pass is on like Samsung smart TVs, right? Or at least yes. X, mm -hmm. like cloud. Uh, I took that as it's X, X, uh, Game Pass will be everywhere except for those two platforms yeah. at this time. That's how it is. They'll be everywhere. So. Gotcha. Yeah, which, I mean, again, I, they had to say that because there's been questioned, but yeah. it's like... I, but I think that's like, that's gets in the way what the, like what their own communication does. is. Because like, mm -hmm. if if Game Pass, is, or if, okay, I feel like Xbox, theoretically, if you're Microsoft and you're Phil Spencer and you're Xbox, right? Xbox is on PlayStation. Like if you want, it, and maybe it's the fact that Game Pass isn't on PlayStation, but Game Pass was on PlayStation. And if that's the goal, like you can go and say, hey, you're playing PlayStation, but you're also playing Xbox. Like I you, feel like that is the end we goal. We want that. Yeah, I think yeah. they want that at the end of the day, but they're also saying the word screen because you plug your PlayStation into a screen. Guess what? With your Samsung TV, you're, it, by the end of the era here in the 10 to 15 years, every TV will have apps on it, just like we're seeing now. That Xbox app will be on that. That is on your screen mm -hmm. no matter what. And I just think, yeah, the PlayStation and Nintendo probably don't want it at this time, but For we'll sure. just circumvent that by... I just hey, think the, mess the messaging of, like, yeah, Game Pass is only on Xbox was kind of weird because it's yeah. like, well... It's antithetical to their message. Yeah, we, you want, we want to reach as Xbox many players be as everywhere. Yeah. But we also, again, this is where the we need to read between what they're saying and what they really feel. Yeah, but then why say, that, that's, well, the, that's the one where I was like, why even say because that? Because they need to address that it's not happening. Because like that's the thing is they need to say it is not coming to PlayStation and Nintendo. Do we want it to? Of but then course just say, we do. I, I feel like if you say that, it's more clear than to go, X, the Game Pass is only on Xbox. Because then I'm asking, okay, well, then what is Xbox? Because yeah. Game Pass is on PC. It's every screen. Game Pass is on Samsung. <laughs> Game Pass on is on every screen. Like, every <laughs> yeah. screen is an Xbox. Make every screen an Xbox. Yeah. It's, man, they're, they're, it's, a, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard. hard because, like, yeah, what, hard. what is the clear messaging? And, like, what is what is the best way to put forward who they are to and explain that to an audience that is either confused and also able to compare it to two other competitors that are directly uh, doing very similar things. And I've said it a million times, this generation has been the most different for Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox in terms of how they've acted uh, competitively in the past and in terms of like how they are viewing their own success and what they're trying to build towards, where we have Nintendo like tripling down on the we are a toy, we are a game experience, and you're going to have fun doing what we do. It's the fucking fun machine etc playstation we're pushing the goddamn limits of what triple a what a single video game can be and the value of that single video game and xbox is more just like we want to meet meet as many players we play anywhere an we want to be an them. ecosystem we want a library we, we want to provide value in quantity and that's what they've been doing and they found success there but then it's easy to look at each one of those strategies and look at the others and be like man i really wish the, these, this fucking tears of the kingdom ran better mm -hmm. you know i looked better like Rand's probably not the right word, but like, yeah. I wish it was 4K. I wish it had all the bells and whistles and shit. And then you look at Xbox, you're like, I wish it had freaking uh, Naughty Dog caliber games, and it doesn't. Then you look at uh, PlayStation, you're just like, man, I wish that they would kind of play nicer with a lot of these other people and offer a mm -hmm. bit of a better value when it comes to the the subscription platforms oh my God, than don't they do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it, it's easy to make the arguments of this and that, but it's like, are they, is their strategy working or is it not? Is their strategy clear and concise or is it not? And I do think that unfortunately, Xbox, even after all this, continues to be in third place in their strategy being clear, concise, and seeming to work. What's wild is that I don't even think this is near the top of their, their problems right now. Like, I think all these issues will get ironed out and the money will pour in once a lot of games are available everywhere to get, right? I'm still worried about, like, Perfect Dark and Fable and... Uh, and uh, Well, Everwild yeah, to a degree yeah. because we just know that thing was shelved and, you know, maybe it's being rebooted or whatever. But, mm -hmm. like, those are where my worries lie. Like, what, what, what are the other big IP that are besides uh, Indiana Jones and Starfield and whatever Elder Scrolls Six is going to be? That's where the big question marks are are for me because I I feel like everything else is kind of set in stone and ready to go and it, you know even though there are still a couple question marks here and there based on this podcast we're still there's still going to be revenue coming in from Game Pass and from uh, these multi platform games going everywhere where are the other big you know uh, first party titles yeah and what are they <laughs> like i'm just so worried about what the hell the other studios are working on right well, now. well we know though i mean that that's the funny thing between xbox versus playstation in terms of the first parties specifically first parties and things get complicated with bethesda and um 
Activision because they are now first party. But even then, we have a lot of answers there. Even if we don't have the answer, we know what Call of Duty is coming. You know what I mean? We can kind of like, I guess I don't look at the, I mean, yeah, yeah, like Simulator 2024. Fair, fair, fair. Yes. But now just moving back to Xbox, look at their showcase last year, their May showcase or June showcase. It was killer. It did, it answered the question that you have of like, what are the teams working on? This, 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 and this. And it's like, all right, cool. That's what they're working on. And is that the most exciting lineup to some? Yes. To others? No. I think there's enough questions there that we'll have to see. Yeah. We'll have to see when the games come out. And like a lot of them are new IP, right? A lot of them are kind of swings that we haven't seen before. And I'll look, do I have the most faith? No, I don't. But that's just because I feel like we've been talking about dominoes for a very long time. We have. And we've pushed a couple dominoes over. Some have gone the wrong direction and maybe put us on the Red wrong fall. path. But Starfield we've gotten back on some of them. I mean, the big one from Matt Booty as well. Ten major releases in 2024. We only know of a handful that are coming right now. That means there are more on the way. And ten is a big number. This is, again, if we roll back the tape, as much as we love to dog on Redfall, and I know that Starfield came out to mixed reviews and reactions from some, right? But the big one is, is this team is starting to put out a cadence of games that is benefiting the player that you are putting up the upfront cost, you're getting Game Pass for, you are getting a lot of games from this team, and it's only just the beginning, right? We are finally seeing the fruits of, hey, we bought all of these titles or all these publishers in 2018 or developers. Now we bought this publisher. It is on the way. Ten titles this year is a big deal. What are they? I mean, we'll see. Probably like a Minecraft spinoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, like, I'm... I mean, you got Diablo 4 expansion. You got a COD. You're going to have, of Aura course, Hellblade untold. 2. Aura History Untold. You have Indie as well. Or what What year was Indie? No, it's this year. So, yeah. like, we're counting up five to six already that we probably already know of. We just have to take I'm somebody, like, I, on it. I'm somebody who actually... I, I don't think Xbox has that big of a content problem. Like, obviously, like, they're not performing the on the quality level. problem they're not yeah they're not like they're not putting out like zelda tears of the kingdom or like god of war ragnarok or whatever right but like i think in terms of at the very least having the content and also putting out the content uh, um, you know consistently i look at the last i guess year and a half and i look at games like pentiment hi-fi rush starfield even though it wasn't my cup of tea right and i'm like these are fucking great video games the sprinkle sprinkle between that are a bunch of games that like might not have been my cup of tea or whatever right but like i'm like if you're putting out as xbox a big game every quarter or a game a month or whatever, even if they're varying sizes. Yeah, like that's, I mean, what? PlayStation this year, when I look at the PlayStation games, in terms of first party PlayStation Studios, like, cool, I'm getting Helldivers and Rise of the Ronin. And it's like a similar sort of talk now. Like, obviously it's not Naughty Dog level, but I also don't think that Xbox is going for that. And, oh, I, I think that, that that ship has sailed a yeah. long time ago. And that, you know, bums me out because I that's the type of stuff that I like. But I, I think an interesting parallel here that you're talking about of like what they're doing in their cadence of releases is when we actually look at like, sure, first party titles and the big releases are the things we're looking at the most. But what the products they're actually putting out are, you look at PlayStation and a lot of it is this year and even last year, third party exclusives, Final mm -hmm. Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. You look at the Xbox side, their strategy seems to not be tripling down on third-party um, exclusives anymore. They tried that before. It didn't really work out with Tomb Raider. Um, but acquisitions, obviously, it's like fucking just straight up buying the third party. So it's like, fuck it, we'll do whatever we want with this. But it also is, what is their product? Game Pass. Persona 3 Reload, right? That type of partnership, that type of thing of like, even when they don't every month have a, the biggest game ever uh, that's their own brand new thing, it's like they are making very smart partnerships to be able to provide their product with the right thing. And again, I feel like it, it's chip damage, but that seems to be their strategy hmm. that is going to keep, I think Xbox gamers are going to be happier going now going forward than they've been the last couple of years, which that's a win for sure. It should be a big win. I mean, personally, for me, as a consumer, that is a big win, right? You're getting so much more. Your bang for your buck is going so much farther. It just comes down to what do you like? What are you looking for, right? And so many people look at the other side of PlayStation and go, well, I want the multi-million dollar, highly produced Naughty Dog game. And it's like, you're not getting that here, right? You're going to get some very quality products. You're going to get some great games, but they are going for a wide selection yeah. of genres that we're going to get you to, and, and we're going to give you that discoverability of games. I don't you think that's a bad know. way to go. Like, yeah. you know, not necessarily every single... So, I, first, I want to correct some people, because people are saying Helldivers 2 and Rise of Roman aren't first party. PlayStation consider, consider those first party, right? Like, they're third party developers, but PlayStation Studios is publishing those games. Therefore, they're first party games. Traditionally, they'd be second party, but that's a whole conversation. But, to the conversation of, like, you know, what Xbox is doing in terms of their library, like, I look at 
God of War, Horizon, all the stuff that people always pop up as the PlayStation games. And obviously, like, they'll sell and those are great. But also, like, I like that Xbox has so much variety in the titles that they put out. I look at Indiana Jones and I am more excited for Indiana Jones than, like, some PlayStation first party games, well, right? Because it kind of seems like a PlayStation first party game. Yeah, <laughs> but also, like, we're on the Xbox side, we're like, oh, that looks like one of those. But I would also <laughs> say, like, if a new Doom was coming out or, like, Starfield before I played Starfield, right? Like, typically a, a first party Bethesda thing would be my kind of thing. And that's a Hellblade, right? Like, those games speak to me, and, like, those aren't the 15 to 25-hour, like, third-person action games, blockbusters that PlayStation's uh, putting out. Maybe Indiana Jones is close to it. But, like, those still speak to quality. Like, so many, so many people are going to be more fans of those than even, like, a Horizon or a Ghost of Tsushima, right? Like, these are games for different people. PlayStation has a lane that they found that they're experts in that they kill, right? Like, they're great at that stuff. But I think the fact that... I think when you're talking about purely content... There's value in different kind of content. Like, not everything needs to be a Naughty Dog game. If everything was, everything would, be, it would create a boring space. And, and so, so you're starting to see that, and yeah. that's what Xbox wants. They want others to see that and then come into the ecosystem, right? As Sarah Bomb was saying, how do I find Blessing? How do I find Tim way down the road that is ingrained in this and say, hey, I understand you like that, and that's great. But now we got a great little offering here that you're paying Netflix the same amount of money for that you could be playing all these games here what do you think? Come over, test it out for a little bit. That is now the new vision of what they want to do here at Xbox. And we're going to see them really double down on that in the next 10 to 15 years. That's the vision. So something really interesting about that vision, and I'm so with you on this, it's they said multiple times in this in different ways, the best experience will be on Xbox hardware. Like they're still committing to that, which surprises me because I almost don't believe it. Like, I almost feel like that's the type of thing that feels a little incongruous with the rest of their statements of what they're making, being able to play everywhere and all this. And we'll have to wait and see of like what they're this later in the year hardware actually looks like or something. But I I'm does that mean they're eliminating it on other that's devices? That's such a weird thing to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, other devices are like cloud. When you look at the ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. You have cloud, which clearly the hardware is going to trump that. Right. Then you look at PC. There's such a range of PC owners and what that detail really is inside of your box or inside of your we PC, know these right? things are going to run like shit on day one on some, pc <laughs> some are good some are bad sometimes you don't have the 480 in there right but on the flip side it's like maybe this is the moment where xbox is like we're going to really give you a box here we're going to give you the best box possible and i know it's easy to say that because usually they always feel the same when you look at them as a general consumer but like is this the time, like Sarah Bond said, where we're going to deliver you the largest technical leap you've ever seen? And my is thing, this the it? answer is no. Like, I feel like it's this is so not the time for that. The time yeah. for that was 2013 when we were talking about like teraflops, the, the teraflops, and we were talking about that jump to like we're at a point now with the the tech of games where we've seen generational things go from 2D to 3D, from 3D to HD, from HD to now it starts getting just iterative. 4K, HDR. AI, mm -hmm. the things that we're talking about with all that, coming out and just saying, hey, we have the most powerful box is, I think, just like, especially when it's like, for what games though? Like, great, you get to play the, like, the, the games we're talking about here well, in the highest But like, at that same time, we just played, we've had some great sponsorships with NVIDIA to show off their tech, right? And we show yeah. off Cyberpunk, a game that we've all played on different consoles and platforms. But when I look at Andy playing on his 4090 mm -hmm. and he puts on the path tracing and the ultimate experience, yeah. I go, holy cow, I want that on my console. Xbox, we're not there yet on these consoles. I don't see PlayStation and Xbox doing that. But like, I think is that, is, does, it does not go to the strategy of them talking about Xbox as a platform. And like, if they're leaning more into Game Pass, I think that then allows them to look at the box and go, all right, when do we finally get to the next generation, right? Like we had so much success with, you know, having a Series S at the lower end and then having Xbox Series X is like the higher end, right? What if our most high end device is like, what you're talking about when you look at Andy's PC and you're looking at Cyberpunk or the games that are cross-platform and you're looking sexy. at the you're looking at the best looking ver like th these things are actually running at 8K 60 FPS ray tracing and all that stuff, uh, right? That's going to be expensive. But uh, if you're focused on Game Pass and that's the money maker, then you give people that option, but then also give a Series S type option too if you want the cheaper. And end. how crazy is it we've seen them go with multiple SKUs now. Hey, I got you the cheaper version. It's easy put it in the house for the kids you're having fun. Hey, this is the mid-range version, that, that $5 tier that you've always loved and you understood. Hey, this is the beefy one. What if we went up a little bit? Would people freak at that? Yes. Would people say, Holy yeah, shit. I'm into that? You know, I think, I think the main reason why Sarabon drops that sentence is to quell the fears of all of the people that want that Xbox to be their next thing, right? There's, 
so far all, throughout all of that press conference, even, you know, even um, Phil Spencer mentioning it, we're committing to new hardware. That still doesn't really chill people out who have the whole time for this 20 minute uh, presentation or 15 minutes by that point have heard n only about Xbox Game Pass and only about every screen is an Xbox and every, every we want to be everywhere you go. We want Xbox to be everywhere. And then when she drops, we're dropping, we're, we're going to release this, you know, freaking, well, what, are the, what, what was the actual word? A hardware gener tech largest technical leap you'll have ever seen in a hardware generation. Then that makes the people who want to buy that next console go, oh shit, okay. They are, they do care about me still. Yeah. I think that's all that kind of is. I, don't, I agree with that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I just, again, it's, I get what it is, but I just, I, when I'm hearing things and I'm like, I want to actually read through the bullshit of like, what are we actually going to get from this? That's where it gets a I, little frustrating. Yeah. I think at the, when she first said that, my read on it was like, all right, cool. Yeah. You're promising a new console for like what Andy's talking about for those people out there. But also it's not going to be the largest technical leap we've ever seen. Like, you know, like I feel like that's the thing you say. I feel like that's the thing we say every generation as a marketing bullet point. And it's a subjective enough statement you can make to make it go, all right, cool. Yeah, that sounds good. But, you know, I, I don't think it's something that we're supposed to read into. It's fun to read into, but I don't think it's like, I don't think they put too much thought behind that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, anything else that we really want to talk about here? I mean, I feel like they, they answered many of the questions. And I feel like any other question that we had, they answered with, we're not talking about that now, which like is fair like they had marketing plans and no comment tina <laughs> <laughs> um and they did give us you know june they gave us a date to look forward to which like that's going and they they gave us a date to look forward to for more announcements officially where they're prepared to actually talk about stuff and they did give us the drop of 10 games this year they gave a uh new hardware this year some type of new hardware whether it's handheld or a streaming device or a freaking thousand dollar x cylinder man you know, like, in that cylinder oh my god if the d if the default controller has a back paddle oh my god they won the generation oh, man. <laughs> they won it <laughs> yeah uh you know what we'll still have questions and that will be the fun part is you always left leaving with questions of what will we see we're going to keep those four games in our back pocket and we'll mark them off one by one when they get announced and we'll see where this goes and uh what happens? Mike, if people wanted to keep up with the Xbox conversation, oh. though, where would they look? You'd go right here. The home of all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. The Kind of Funny X-Cast each and every week with me and my two gaming dads. We will catch you next week with me and Paris. We'll be talking all about this. You'll love to see it. Thank you all for hanging out with us today, whether it was Games Daily, the X-Men 97 trailer reaction, our little pre-show, the live reaction, or this post-show X-Cast. We appreciate all of you so very much. And if anything I just said, something you didn't watch, what are you doing? You don't have anything to do the rest of the day. Go watch that. It's cool stuff. Uh, but until next time, love you all. Goodbye.